Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This with Junior Renee Beaubrun. If you're a first-time listener, I'd like to welcome you to this ongoing experience and conversation that is now in its, I don't know, 98th or 99th episode. Um, if you're a returning listener, thank you again for lending me your ears. I appreciate you guys very, very much. Um, first and foremost, thank you for the cash apps at dollar sign J-U-N-B-E-A-U. That's dollar sign June Bow. Thank you for that. Uh, if you have been leaving uh, Zells, or if you want to Zell me, if that's more convenient for you, then please, by all means, uh, Zell me at J-U-N-Y-A-B-E-A-U b-r-u-n at gmail.com so that's my first name and my last name if you if you have a trouble figuring out how to spell my first and last name it's actually on the podcast junior renee Bobrun, but not the renee on the gmail it's j-u-n-y-a-b-e-a-u-b-r-u-n junior Bobrun at gmail that's the zell thank you guys thank you guys for going to chavezhouse.com that's chavez with an s and buying the journals and purchasing the the decorative notebooks and journals and diaries and travel logs and and fitness logs uh appreciate that uh and if you went to amazon to, to uh purchase those items if you type in chavez house publishing and um you look for all the journals and all the works published by uh lenore batista for chavez house publishing then you're on the right track because sometimes other items are in there that aren't chavez house items they end up in the search so if you look or by Lenore Batista, you will be um, on the right track. So purchase as much as you can. And definitely, I'm going to be rattling my tin cup a little bit more these days. I don't know whether I'm going to do a GoFundMe. I'm still looking into it. Why? Because we're expanding this platform. <clears throat> this platform is going to turn into a visual platform as well. I want to be able to do some travel logs because I travel extensively. As a matter of fact, I'm just coming off of traveling. And so happy July 4th to everyone out there and Independence Day. Happy 246th birthday to America. And so um, I want to have that kind of equipment to give you guys an immersive experience. Oftentimes when I'm not just on the computer, on my laptop with the microphone, I'm looking to have more interviews to have interviews. I'm going to I'm, I'm going to need a little couple more pieces of equipment to really give you guys that immersive listener experience or viewer experience when we take it visual so that's going to take an expansion that's obviously going to mean equipment that's obviously mean i'm going to have to purchase equipment and i would personally like this show to pay for itself because i've been listening to several of the quote-unquote top-notch voices doing what i'm doing to a certain degree in podcasting and they're making a living at it and i noticed in my humble estimation that I am as good, if not better than they are. They may have more production value as far as maybe music and edits. I don't edit. I just, I go with the flow. But in any case, but when I think about the information that they have, the stances that they take, the points that they make, they make the delivery, their, abil their ability to articulate it, their ability to be able to argue for and against something that they may or may not believe in. I go, hmm, I think I'm better. You know, maybe in my humble, biased opinion, I'm better. But I'm very good at 
being able to assess myself accurately. And that's what we're going to speak about today. We're going to speak about that today because certain event, there's a certain event that transpired during my travels that we're going to have to speak about. Why? Because it, it pretty much encapsulates so much of what we speak about on this particular forum that I've decided to speak on it. I'm going to change the names to, I'm going to change the names and the locations of what occurred to protect the guilty. And I am not the guilty. You already know my name, first, middle, and last. But I'm going to change the names to protect the guilty and change locations. For now, I reserve the right to speak these names out there in the future. But this has now become somewhat of a legal issue. Oh, yeah, I know your ears are now sparked like June. What happened? Yeah, yeah. The truth will be forthcoming. Give me a moment as I roll it out, so to speak. And so we're going to speak about that today, you know. And um, give me a moment because I haven't been on the mic for about two, three weeks. I've done a ton of episodes and I haven't. Um, <clears throat> I haven't been on the mic and I've been under the weather. My breathing is a bit labored, but that's on me. You know, I'm, so forgive me if I'm slower than usual with my dialogue. It won't be that slow. Trust me, but I'm, I may need to take a couple of deep breaths here and there. But, um, an incident occurred and I texted myself a ton of notes based on the incident. So it occurred one day and I spent the next two to three days texting myself notes to the point where it was leading to you know it was eating into the memory of my phone that's how long these texts were to me and so I've taken those texts and I've put them on my computer exactly how they were I have not edited them because you know, you guys know that I don't do notes that much. I usually have four or five or six key words that I use to keep me on track with what I'm thinking because I do have a tendency to ramble on. Even if the subject is necessary, I'm rambling on about, or even if the point I'm making is effective and, and cogent, I'm supposed to be moving on to the next thing or transitioning. And sometimes I have an issue, I have a problem with that. So I use little keywords, and that keyword is a transitional word. That'll take me to another part of the subject or deeper into the conversation, right? So instead of doing that today, I actually have all the notes. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read through the notes. I'm just going to look at them while I'm speaking to you and just see how to, because a lot of it is, it's, it's intellect, it's anger, it's emotion, it's frustration, it's regret, it's... So many different things. It's obviously grammatical errors. Sometimes I'll look at something and I go, you know, the spell check. I'm a pretty good speller, but the spell check will change something around. So I've read it. I've, I've written this stuff down over the last two, three days. You know, I've written it all back over the last two, three days. And I'm just looking at it for the first time today. And I said, you know what? I feel up to doing a broadcast. So I'm going to let not my world, the world, because a lot of people listen to what I have to say in many, many different places in the world, in this country, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm letting this world know what's going on in America in real time and what occurred, the event that I was a part of that I didn't want to be a part of. 
you know, that I was hoisted into is a microcosm of many, many things that are wrong with this country and other countries as well. And the way we all see the world and our world and who we are as human beings in this grand scheme of human civilization. So it all plays a part. So let's get started, shall we? I know there's a lot of things I'm, I want to say, but I, I don't want to ramble because what occurred, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's still raw because I've had the dubious distinction of, of having certain situations occur to me that shouldn't occur, but guess what? <clears throat> we'll talk about it. I'm going to start this off by a James Baldwin quote. James Baldwin, the great poet, author, essayist, activist, thinker, journalist of the 20th century, a great American, right? A great human being, a brave human being, James Baldwin. So if, when I say his name, I'm not just going to quote him. I'm going to let you understand that as one of our ancestors and one of our elders, James Baldwin is one of the greatest Americans that has ever lived. Or at, the, at the very least, one of the 20th century's greatest Americans. Okay? All right. Moving forward. The quote from James Baldwin goes like this. He said, we can disagree and still love each other unless your disagreement is rooted in my oppression and denial of my humanity and right to exist. I will repeat that. We can disagree and still love each other unless your disagreement is rooted in my oppression and denial of my humanity and right to exist. James Baldwin. <clears throat> Why am I bringing that up? You're going to figure it out. The truth is forthcoming. Here's a quote from me. It's the first quote that I wrote. It's the first thing that I wrote after my encounter or the event that we will be discussing. I said to myself, I will know how free your society is based on how the state apparatus responds to you when you ask why. Based on your, their response to your why, I will know how free you are. Very, very important. The question why, that three lettered word is probably the most important word that any human speaking any language in any iteration or translation or interpretation of why is probably the most important word in human language period it's what propels us forward it's what propels science mathematics human evolution behavioral evolution all the things that are occurring in our society happen because we dare to ask why. And when I say state apparatus, that's that, it's almost an academic term. So I want to break. I want to just actually just translate what I mean by state apparatus. The state apparatus is your government. Your state apparatus is all the machinations of your government. It's government and law. It's it's your it's your it's your presidents, your military, your intelligence agencies. Your, your 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 Congress, your Senate, your 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 mayors, your governors, your district attorneys, your judges, your 
investigative units, your law enforcement, your military, that is the state apparatus. I'm not going to mention corporations for now. I'm just going to mention the governmental apparatus, the law makers and the law enforcers and people in uniform that act out. They act to enforce the edicts of law makers, legislators, because that's what law enforcement does. They enforce and force the law onto the citizenry that lawmakers enact okay so that's the state apparatus so i will know how free you are as a human being as a citizen as a moral sound sane prudent law-abiding tax-paying citizen i will know how free you are in your society based on how the state apparatus responds to you when you ask why it's very important Certain things, certain themes I will be repeating, but these are very important. James Baldwin and my quote, very important. So I was pulled over in one of the great states in our union about two to three weeks ago. Right now, this conversation that we are having today is we are still in the first week of July. I did many, 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 many podcasts while I was vacationing. So many of the conversations that you've been listening to up until July 4th, that July 4th episode where I said America's failing its boys, I did that about two and a half weeks ago, I think. I did it before I, I was taking trips and vacations and things like that. But I've been on the road back and forth for a while now. But um, I something told me that I wasn't going to record on the road. I wasn't bringing my laptop for, for these purposes. So... I ended up doing several episodes before I took time off. So this is the first episode I'm doing um, since then. So now this is a July, it's almost in real time, so to speak. But a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> I was pulled over by a state trooper in a state that I reserve the right not to mention now at this particular moment. I was pulled over. Not for speeding. I was on a highway on an interstate in the middle of the early afternoon. Not for speeding because my cruise control had me, I think, within five or so miles of the speed limit. So I was not speeding. State trooper decided to take time out of his day um, to decide to pull me over and to, to decide to give me a warning for driving too close to the car in front of me. Okay, I'll, I'll play along, you know, and... um. I was subsequently asked to get out of the car for a warning. Now, I asked why. And that why led to that same officer's face turning beet red. Now, this exchange has been filmed by law enforcement. So the camera was on me. So you're going to have to take my word for it as to the tenor or i'm sorry the hue of this particular individual okay his face turned red now i'm going to fast forward a little bit i have been in contact and i've had a polite professional long conversation with the superior officer to this moral and mental midget that decided to pull me over okay um and even the officer, even the 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 uh, uh, superior officer admitted to me on the phone that he said, 
I was very, it was a pleasant exchange up until the point you were asked to get out of the car. Now, I would counter that by saying the exchange was still pleasant because I still asked why inquisitively, not defiantly. And I didn't say no. I asked why. That same why that I said will determine how free your society is based on the state apparatus's response to your why. This is the state apparatus, law enforcement. This is one of the, uh, they call them the long arm of the law. How do you make sure laws are enforced if you, are, if you do not have law enforcement? Hmm? It's not going to be the people in the suits and ties that are going to do it. They're going to have people in uniform do it. But unfortunately, people in uniform do not act uniformly. Let's continue on. The why. So even the, off, even the superior officer admitted, yeah, it was a very pleasant exchange up until the why. Now, I'm going to say something to you that, that, that is very, very important to all of you out there that identify as whatever you identify as white hispanic mixed racially mixed etc native part native i am identified as black in america doesn't necessarily mean that i identify as african-american i have been identified as such okay these boxes were given to me i didn't choose them i was born into this paradigm i didn't choose it okay but as i continue on i'm gonna say something i'm gonna read something it's an actual quote okay here it is from a newspaper is a research study that was given and here's the information over the last five years the research has found that police in the united states of america have killed more than 400 drivers or passengers who were not wielding a gun who were not wielding a knife and who were not under pursuit of a violent crime. That's over the last five years. <clears throat> okay. So listen to me now. Um, what's important about that is this as a moral, sound, sane, prudent, law abiding, tax paying citizen. The most dangerous time of my normal life is when police who are sworn to protect and serve me pull me over. Any contact that is initiated by police onto someone who is identified as a black male in America and that person is law-abiding, tax-paying, moral, sound, sane, and prudent that person's mortality rate goes up exponentially, which means the possibility of me being wrongly detained, wrongly arrested, or killed, dare I say murdered, all of those go up exponentially, exponentially higher than my white counterpart who's living the exact same life as I am, but is not identified in the same manner as I am identified. That is the perversion in this country. That I am not protected by the law. I'm subjected to the abuses 
and the flaws in the laws. That's the America that we celebrate July 4th, 2022. Let's not forget that. On previous episodes, I've said that um, America doesn't have enough traditions. That's why we have kids that are going, because people are trying to reinvent the wheel in this country all the time. Studies come out that say this, do this with your kids, do that. Remember, I've been saying that America is a land of trends and not traditions. It's a young nation and it doesn't have any traditions. But guess what? I might have to strike that from the official record because America does have one tradition that is tried and true and is imbued in the flag and it's in the structure. It's, 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 it's one of the foundational bricks. And that, and, and that tradition is someone who is identified as me and his relationship with the state and the government and law enforcement. That relationship, that antagonistic, adversarial relationship initiated by the state. Okay? Initiated by the state decree. That relationship is America's oldest tradition. And one of its few traditions that is universal throughout the contiguous United States. I don't care if you're in, Al uh, you're in Albany, Georgia, or Albany, New York, or, or, or Alabama. I don't care if you're in the deep rural south or you're in the, nor the liberal northeast. I don't care if you're in the Bible Belt or that liberal bastion called the Northeast with its Vermonts and its Boston, its Massachusetts and its New York cities. Okay? It's tradition that spans all the contiguous United States. It's how I'm treated by the state or how the state views me. It's our oldest and tridest and truest tradition. Whether we want to admit it or not, it is because it's been around longer than America was even in America. Okay. Continuing on. So, like I said, over 400 drivers or passengers who are not wielding a gun or a knife or pursuit or under pursuit of a violent crime have been killed by police. Many communities rely heavily on ticket revenue to fund their budgets effectively turning their officers into revenue agents, searching for violations, even minor ones, to support municipal needs, including their own pay raises. So that means oftentimes officers are out there giving out tickets and violations because their money depends on it. So armed responses to routine stops has showing to be quite ineffective in this country because it, people that are not criminals or not in the commission of a crime and have not posed an actual uh, a, a, a threat, mortal threat to the officer, not wielding a gun, not wielding a knife, not using their car as a weapon or a bottle or whatever, and somehow they end up dead. But hundreds more, thousands more end up wrongly arrested, end up being charged with crimes. So that's just the ones who've died. I can tell you stories, ladies and gentlemen. I don't need any legacy media to tell my story. I don't need any organizations. I'm not some BLMer running off at the mouth using this as some sort of identity politics opportunity. opportunity. It's not who I am. I'm not a BLMer. You guys know that I am not. I'm an opponent of that particular organization. 
Uh, I'm not an Antifa. I'm not some suburbanite throwing a Molotov cocktail for whatever, um, you know, cause they have this week, even though they're not invested and imbued in that war. I was born in a war that I didn't I didn't sign up and I didn't enlist and I didn't know it existed for a long time. And then when I did, I realized, why is this happening? And then I found out the answers. Oh, okay. So I'm not one of them. So I'm not one of those people. I'm someone who can draw from my own experience of, of, of having been stopped, frisked, maligned in a middle-class neighborhood in New York City over 100 times by police. And when I say that, I'm not counting the times I was actually in the wrong, when I actually was speeding. I'm not going to count the time where I actually didn't come to a full stop or the time where I didn't signal before I made that turn. Yeah. Those are all real infractions. I'm talking about when I was literally not doing anything wrong, minding my business, walking or driving, ho-hum, whistling Dixie. And now I have cops, copters, German shepherds just to show. And just because I had the nerve and the audacity as a citizen to ask why. And all that that happened, the beatings, the guns being uh, um, um, pointed at my head, the, the, the false fires where they take all the bullets out beforehand, they put the gun to your head and it clicks and, he, and, and officers are laughing. This is how the monster eats. Dave Chappelle spoke about this in one of his specials where he said, um, women, the Me Too movement hates how the monster screws. He said, I hate how the monster eats. What did I just say here? For the monster to eat oftentimes, many communities rely heavily on ticket revenue to fund their budgets, effectively, effectively turning their officers into revenue agents, searching for violations, even minor ones, to support municipal needs, including their own pay raise. The monster is eating. This is how the monster eats. For example, Valley Brook, Oklahoma, a town of under 900 people, collects roughly $1 million from traffic cases annually. The federal government also contributes to the traffic stops with $600 million a year in highway safety grants that reward ticket writing. In applying for these grants, listen closely, people, listen to this line. In applying for these grants, at least 20 states have used the number of traffic stops per hour to evaluate police. <clears throat> We're going to do, I'm not going to call this a deep dive, people. but we're going to dive a little bit. Now, <clears throat> I've driven through over 23 states in the United States of America. And when I say driven through, let me be more specific. That means I'm not, this means that I didn't just land via plane or get there via train and then rented a car on the ground and drove around for a little while and then left. Uh-uh. <clears throat> I mean, I drove several states, stopped in the small towns, stopped in the big towns, stopped in the sites, 23 states at last count. So I know about the speed traps where it was <clears throat> 45 miles an hour a block uh, 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 just, uh, just two blocks ago, and now it's 25 miles an hour. So now you got me clocked in at 45 because you changed the speed limit. And right after that speed limit posting, there isn't, therein lies a sheriff. 
therein lies a cop who's now, this is not justice, this is not right, this is not anything except a speed trap which your city uses or your municipality uses. You use, you use this little hat trick trick to create and, and, and create revenue for your town because you lack imagination. That means your town shouldn't exist. Your town should not be an actual municipality at that point. It just should be a bunch of people living on some land. If that's what you need to remain viable and exist, Okay, that's one. So that's how you're eating. This is how the monster eats. Okay. <clears throat> increasing, increasing the exchanges between armed law enforcement. Because you can be law enforcement and not be armed. Armed law enforcement and people that are being uh, 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 investigated for minor traffic infractions. I have been an advocate for many, many years, if not decades. I've spoken to everyone who would listen. I said, you have to curtail the armed response to traffic stops. You still want to collect your revenue? You still want to collect your ticket money? Put an unarmed person on there that still has the powers of the law and still can call someone who is armed just in case things get out of hand. And the majority of traffic stops don't get out of hand. It's the majority of traffic stops, 80, 90% of them are just people, regular people going about regular lives. They may have forgotten to turn this left, turn that right, turn this left, turn that right. But the armed response to traffic infractions, you are murdering. You are murdering citizens. There was no reason for me to have the exchange with that officer to the degree that I had. I'm supposed to be protected by the law, not subjected to the law. And when I ask this man, this moral midget, this moral mental midget, why? He said the Supreme Court said so. Because I kept asking why. And he looked at my woman saying, I don't know what his problem is. No, I know you don't. Because you've been used to using this unfettered power and most people are going to acquiesce. Most people are going to reluct reluctantly do as do as they're told, even though they don't feel that it's right. And even though they don't feel that it's just. There's a big difference between right and just and law and order. There's a big difference between right and just and what's legal and lawful. What's right isn't always legal and what's legal or lawful isn't always right. People, I know it's an old saying but it's an important saying. It's important for every single last autonomous human being, sovereign human being to understand that. The authority given to law enforcement is supposed to be sworn, is sworn to protect and serve law-abiding, tax-paying citizens. Am I right or is it? We're going to unpack that. Or is it? Is that their number one edict? Is that their number one mandate? <clears throat> because let me explain something to you. If my, if me, being a reasonable, moral, sound, sane, prudent, law-abiding, tax-paying citizens, life expectancy goes down based on my encounters with law enforcement. What are we talking about? Then I'm living in the upside down. That means I'm subjected to the law, a law that's supposed to protect me. Am I right or wrong? 
So when I ask why and the and, and a foot soldier for the state apparatus turns red, I know how free my society is. When people acquiesce at these stops because they're afraid that this officer is having a bad day. Understand that when I see a police officer, I see someone who works for me. You're a civil servant and your job is to work for me. I am not a criminal, so I'm not subjected to the law. Because once you commit a crime, you rob, you steal, you create violence on another person unjustifiably. And now all of a sudden a cop is able now to manhandle me, put me in handcuffs, throw me in the back of a police car, throw me in a cell. Now I'm subject to the law because I broke the law. I created I, I, I not only I, 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 I initiated a criminal act. I was involved in a criminal act. I'm subject, but I am entitled to protections from overreach. I'm entitled. And many, many people out there, whether they be white, whether they be black or otherwise, they're saying no, no. Why? And you notice a mental midget, a moral midget, an authoritarian, a dictator, a monarch hates to be asked why. You ask a dictator, why are you doing this? You get black bagged and disappeared. Journalists in countries that aren't free ask why, which is essential to pushing your civilization forward, whether it be, like I said, math, science, evolutionary behavior amongst societies for them to expand and grow and adapt to different stimuli. Why has to be the number one question asked, the essential building block and foundation to evolve is asking why journalists being sandbagged, assassinated, black bagged because they asked the government why. What they're doing is letting you know they are the litmus test to let you know how free that society is that you are actually in. That why. Very, very important. So, yeah, the 23 states I've driven through, I've seen the speed traps. I've seen the revenue sharing. I've seen how irrelevant, uh, how municipalities that should not be relevant if they're depending so heavily on their ability to have a speed trap. That's all you've done. That's all you've done to, 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 to have viability, to maintain viability. I see that when I see how many people are in jail now without the bail. Why I see a poor person who's possibly innocent is still in jail while a person with means is out of jail and could possibly be guilty. So that person who's locked up and doesn't have bail, guess what? Their crime is poverty. I see all these things play out. I see how the system eats. I see how the system eats. That superior officer said to me, th the exchange was pleasant until the why. Why was the exchange all of a sudden? Why did the tenor and the tone of our conversation change once I inquisitively asked why? Because I'm not free. And because we have government overreach in the form of law enforcement and the liberties that they have. They have the liberties to take away my liberties. That's a problem for me. Autonomous, sovereign, free thinker. That's a problem for me. That you are given liberties to take away my liberties subjectively.
We give these officers at the scene so much leeway and leverage to, oh, you, I wasn't there, so the officer is assessing the scene. Meanwhile, people who look like me get murdered exponentially higher than everybody else. And everyone else, everyone else, most people, that's why things don't change. Most people side with the law enforcer, <clears throat> the conformers who think that people in uniform are allowed to tell me what to do. I didn't put on a uniform. Just because you have marching orders and you are part of a rigid hierarchy does not mean I am. As a civil servant, you work for law-abiding, tax-paying citizens. I am supposed to be protected by you, not subjected to your overreaches and abuses and whether you've had a bad day or not. You're wearing a uniform, and each one of you have to wear that uniform the same way. So I'm asking you to act uniformly. But, like I said to that superior officer, I said, I would venture a, wage, a wager. I'm going to say to you, and I challenge you, <clears throat> if you're telling me, because I was, you know, you know, they brought up the Supreme Court, which we're going to get back to. <clears throat> I challenge you to this. I would love for someone in an investigative capacity to look at all of this particular officer's traffic stops and see who he got out the car, who he compelled or commanded to get out of the car over minor warnings after you have your face practically in my car because he was on the passenger side and he was bent all the way down and he was looking into the car. So at that point, I know his, his investigative sense is, is looking, to, looking at me. He's looking to see whatever. He's looking to see. Was he looking at my Saks Fifth Avenue shirt, my, my eyes on my expensive sneakers, jeans, and watch? No. I'm just El Negro at this point. Doesn't matter that I'm college. Nothing matters. This is the relationship. This is the oldest tradition and relationship. And this is the oldest tradition that it has. It's its relationship with me, this antagonistic relationship. Native Americans would beg to differ. They go, oh, wait, wait in line and hold my water, June. How about us? Yes, the least publicized people that have had the most grievances, I would say, are the Native Americans. However, Right now, I would say the second oldest tradition America has is his dealings with me, the male, <clears throat> the darker browned male in America, born and raised, two parents who are naturalized citizens, nothing illegal about me, yet I'm treated illegally or I'm treated as if I'm su suspected of doing something illegal. Meanwhile, all the crimes that have been committed against people who are like me or look like me or who I can fit in a certain subsect, in a subtext, those crimes have not been <clears throat> addressed. <clears throat> so I said to the officer, the superior officer, <clears throat> I said, I bet you, you you're not going to be able to find <clears throat> that he uses that rule uniformly, getting people out of the car for minor warnings after having such pleasant exchanges. I guarantee you it's not uniform. I guarantee you it's not. <clears throat> and if it's not uniform, I said I would wager, and I'm saying this to you guys out here right now, I would wager, and I'm not a gambler, by the way. If I go to a casino, and I don't like casinos, I gamble penny slots and quarters. You can't get paper money from me at a casino. It's not going to happen. 
So I don't wager on random occurrences. I'll wager on a basketball game. I'll wager on a football game, small wagers. I'll do that, but I'm not a gambler at all. Money's too hard to earn to let it burn. That's my motto. In any case, I would wager the average down payment on a median-priced home in the United States that this officer does not use that step-out-the-car, that that constitutionally valid, so as far as he's concerned, step-out-of-the-car-for-normal warning and treating me in an extremely confrontational manner, telling me where to stand and how to stand as if I'm a criminal for a normal traffic stop, treating me like a two-year-old, a golden retriever, or someone who is suspected of doing something else, except being a a moral, upright, sober, sane, law-abiding, tax-paying citizen. You understand? Empires fall because of millions of tiny indignancies that were not addressed. And the empire said, this is how we do business. That's how empires fall. And then one day when it falls, people go, I can't believe this is happening. And they wonder why. But when you completely disintegrate and dissolve the very fabric of the relationship between the law abider and the law enforcer, the law abider and the law enforcer are supposed to be aligned and exactly on the same side. And that law abider is supposed to feel protected and entitled to the benefits of being a law abider taxpayer. Am I wrong? Am I crazy in that? Is that a revolutionary radical idea or not? No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Ladies and gentlemen, give me a second. I'm looking through this because I'm rambling on and I've noticed that because I spoke about the 23 states and and this, that, and the third and blah, 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 blah. And I said that to the officer. I said that to the, uh, the superior officer. I said, I guarantee you this officer doesn't act uniformly. And if officer doesn't act uniformly in these particular instances with someone who, let's say in my demographic, Let's say maybe my age group traveling with a passenger. uh, It's just a warning. Nothing else to see here, but I'm going to have them step out of the car anyway. I guarantee you someone, whether they be in my race, my ethnicity, or maybe someone who is not in my race, ethnicity, social caste or class, doesn't matter. But I guarantee you that law is not being executed uniformly. And if it's not, then the question remains, the million-dollar question is, why me? Why was I pulled over? And then why was I asked to take these extra steps when I know I'm safest sitting in the confines of this car with my hands on the steering wheel? That's the safest I'm going to be in this exchange. Stepping out of the car is not for my safety. It's not for me to stretch my legs. What if I don't want to stretch my legs? So I'm being compelled. So, you know, people will use soft language, but it's still the language of oppression. Oh, yeah, you want to stretch your legs? No, I just stretched my legs. I just came back from that rest stop about 20 miles away. I'm actually good, officer, but you know what? Thank you for that suggestion. I might take you up on that. I might stretch my legs, but right now I'm good. 
So don't when when they use that fuzzy language, maybe you want to stretch your legs. That's not it's clumsy. And for someone of my intelligence level, it's very clumsy. It's very, very clumsy. It's like, no, don't do that. You're not doing that for my safety. Me being in the car, sitting there with my hands on the steering wheel, that's safety for me. If you're really looking out for my safety, then you would say, sir, can you please stay in the car or whatever? Or maybe, maybe can I please have your keys because I don't want you to, or can you turn the car off? Okay. All right. And can you please keep your hands on the steering wheel or whatever, whatever, just, you know, just so I can make sure we're all safe. Okay. All right. All of that makes sense to me. All of that makes sense. I don't have to ask why. I don't have to ask why. Why are my hands on the steering wheel? Because yeah, we can both feel safe. You know what I mean? Because I'm over here and you're over there. And Okay. Makes sense. All right. Thank you. I'll do that. Why do I have to get out the car to stretch my legs? I don't need to stretch my legs. No. He wanted to see whose member swung lower into the left because the state was upset. Didn't like my face after a while. <clears throat> The, the state knew that I knew he was full of crap. The state knew that I identified him as a mental and moral midget. Maybe my poker face and maybe something in my eyes gave it away. But like that superior officer said, everything was pleasant until I was asked. Because you should have saw the, uh, the exchange was quite normal. And then all of a sudden, can you get out the car? And I'm like, hey, why? Oh, because I'm asking you to get out the car. And I'm saying to myself, okay, well, why? I'd like to know why. And, you, and then you claim the Supreme Court, which is ironic that this mental and moral midget would try to enact Supreme Court precedent that he doesn't have printed out. I'm just supposed to take his word for it, which I shouldn't have to. If you're going to quote the Supreme Court, go back to the car and print out to me or have a thousand of those in your trunk and go, this is where it says it. I've highlighted it for everyone I pulled over. You're a civil servant. Your job is to work for me. So if you want me to believe that the Supreme Court actually said that, how do I even know that's true? I'm just supposed to take it at face value, huh? Acquiesce without getting all the information. Me, being a researcher, who has to validate everything with peer-reviewed points and statistics and data, I'm just supposed to go, oh, well, yeah, Mr. Mental Moral Midget who pulled me over for whatever reason is now telling me to get out the car for no real reason. And then I'm supposed to believe that this is for my safety when it's really not because I'm actually safer within the confines of my vehicle. So now I'm just supposed to believe the Supreme Court edict because you said so and you don't have any print, you don't have any printout, no proof, no anything. Where did you get this? Did you get this from Justia? Did you get this from a law? Did you get from the law reference website? Where is this from? I want to make sure that even the site is 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 uh, valid. <clears throat> but in any case, so I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, "This is the why, and this is what happens with the why." And this person quotes the Supreme Court, which ironically is interesting, considering considering this, that in that same state that I was in, if I were to walk into that state fifty some odd years ago. <clears throat> During the time of this, this dude's parents, this dude was probably not alive around that time. I would say he's younger than that. But his parents definitely were. In his parents' lifetime, which means recent history, not ancient history. In his parents' lifetime, let's say me, June, I'm walking down the street and he is law enforcement, right? Almost the same capacity. I'm walking down the street. I'm hungry. 
And I go, man, this diner, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop and eat here. And there's a sign on the door that says, <clears throat> whites only. In this man's state that I was driving through, this mental, moral, midget state that I'm driving through. Let's say, see a sign on the door that says whites only. Now, you know, let's say for argument's sake that I'm ignorant to this. And I'm saying, hmm, maybe they mean egg whites. Because <clears throat> it didn't say white men and women only. It didn't say we only serve white men and women and children only. It says whites only. So it could mean egg whites or they only have white bread. So I go into this diner innocently enough. I sit at the counter. Maybe innocently enough, I don't realize that the record has screeched on the jukebox and everyone has dropped their spoons and forks and are looking at me directly. And I go inside and I go, hey, and I'm and I'm well groomed and I'm educated and I'm just sitting there. I'm just, I just want to eat. Forget about education. Forget about anything. I just want to eat. Hey, how are you? I'd like to get uh, two egg whites, two slices of that white bread, and a couple of pieces, slices of that smokehouse bacon, uh, a coffee, and a small orange juice. Please, thank you. <clears throat> and that <clears throat> person behind the counter can say, didn't you read the sign on the door? I'm like, which sign? The one that said you were open? Oh, no, the other sign that said whites only. I said, yeah, I saw that sign. You guys only serve egg whites, right? And white bread, right? So I'm here for the egg whites and the white bread and the bacon and the coffee and everything. Well, sir, we don't serve your kind here. And I go, well, what kind is that? Your color here. Oh, okay. And then I ask that universal question. Why? Oh, mental moral midget in front of me is going to turn red-faced. And is going to go, sir, I'm going to call the authorities and I'm going to say, yes, please do. All I did was come in here and, you know, order like everyone else. I don't see any reason why I should be treated differently. So please call the cops. We're going to resolve this issue. Then the officer, this same officer, this same state trooper who wants to quote the Supreme Court, the supreme law of the land. He walks in this same officer. Let's transport he and I back into time. He sees me at the counter and he goes, what seems to be the problem? And I'm going to let that gentleman speak first, the man or woman behind the counter. I'm going to go, well, you know, this this man refuses to leave. You know, he, he's not adhering to the sign on the door that says whites only. And I'm going to sit there and I'm going to go, officer, there's a misunderstanding. I thought the whites only sign was egg whites only. I thought it was white bread only. And I just ordered egg whites, white bread, bacon, coffee and orange juice with a little butter. I mean, I just want to, I have the money here, sir. I'm not looking for any handouts. I'm not homeless. I have a job. I'm educated. I'm, you see, I'm groomed. I, here's my, I have money. Here's the money. Plus tip. I have it. I'm not here to trust. I'm just here. And you know what that, 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 that officer is going to say? You got to leave. And I'm going to go, why? And he's going to turn red faced and he's going to go, the Supreme Court says so. Have you checked Plessy v. Ferguson? And is going to name a whole lot of laws that kept segregation legal and lawful. Not right or just. So it turned the innocent into the criminal and the criminals to the innocent. The immoral, the amoral became law and the righteous and the honest 
and the just and the normal became unlawful and illegal. I just want you guys to understand that when that officer stands there and quoting the Supreme Court to me, you still haven't answered my why. You still haven't answered my why. And as a mental moral midget with dictatorial proclivities, the why is going to turn you red-faced. When someone asks me why, oh, I can't wait to start talking. Why? Oh, well, blah, 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 blah. I may be a quote-unquote expert on this subject. I may be right as rain. But someone goes, well, June, I don't understand that. Why? Why is this? And I'll go, huh, very good question. Great question. Matter of fact, excellent question. Glad you asked. That's what happens when you're not a moral midget. That's what happens when you're accustomed to hoisting people on your shoulders so they can see not only what you see, but further than you see, using their own perspective as well. See, that's the power that I have. I could either put my boot on someone's neck or I can use that same boot to just stand strong, enact my core, and help rise and raise and help and elevate others. I don't subjugate. I don't repress, oppress, or suppress. That's why I don't chase power. People select me to positions of power and leadership, and sometimes I, 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 you know, I, I'm reluctant because I know p power attracts the worst and corrupts the best. And so I remember Michael Jordan, great basketball player. <clears throat> he used to have this saying. He used to say, you reach, I teach. And what he meant by that was if he has a basketball in his hand and the defender's in front of him, if that defender reaches, that means that defender has committed to a particular action. They're reaching for the ball. They're trying to take the ball away from Michael. And so once he reaches, so if they reach with, his, if they reach with their right hand, because they're trying to get the ball out of his right hand, he'll cross over to the left and go to their right side because they've committed with their right hand to one action already. Now I can get by you. And if you do it with the left hand, I can cross over to my right. And now I can get by you because if you reach, I teach. It's the same thing with me and this man. You're reaching for my dignity. You're reaching for my self-respect. You're reaching for my humanhood. You're reaching for my sovereignty and my citizenry. When you, when you overreach, I'm going to teach. So many people out there, I remember I used to have this teacher back in, um, <clears throat> in uh, undergrad. He taught a law class. He was an attorney, and he taught an evening law class. And uh, he worked closely with the NYPD. And I remember we were talking, and he said something along the lines of, uh, you know, the police, when they, when they say certain things or they tell you to do certain things and blah, 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 just do what they say. Just, just do what they say. And I said to him, I don't think that's right. I raised my hand. And I remember where I was sitting. I was sitting, in the, I was sitting the first row or second row to the far right of the classroom towards the, uh, the entrance door to the classroom. And I sat all the way to the, to the wall where my right shoulder was on the wall, and I raised my hand with my left shoulder, and I said, I don't think that's right. He said, what do you mean? I was like, I'm going to follow what's right before I follow what's law because we know that those two are not interchangeable. So I'm going to go with what's right, 
and what's going with what's with and if going with what's right comes with certain repercussions and circum and, and consequences, then I'm going to deal with that. And I would respectfully say to each and every student in here not to take your advice because laws don't change unless you say unless you decide not to comply. And that and that um, instructor was a young guy. You know, you know, he's a young dude. He wasn't an old man. He didn't turn red faced, but he realized now that he was about to engage in a conversation that he wasn't ready for. And I said, so I said, and I told him, I said, you're doing a great detriment to legal progress, to pr progress in this country. You know, power doesn't relent anything without struggle. I said, so for you to think that complying, how, do, how are you supposed to check power if you don't check power? And I said it just like that. And I heard people shifting in their seats. And I'm using the same tone with you that I was using with him. So how do you expect to check power if power continuously goes unchecked? And he kind of had that sheepish grin and that sheepish smile because he realized he was about to enter into a debate that he didn't agree with and he wasn't equipped to deal with. But he knew. Guess what? He knew. He knew that I was right. You want to know why he knew I was right? Because the tone and tenor of the conversations afterwards changed because he knew that he couldn't justify what he was saying anymore. He couldn't justify it. Because we had a little bit of an exchange, you know, after that. I can't remember a lot of the things, but he was losing. And at that moment, there were a lot of people in the class who didn't know me, wanted to get to know me after that. And I remember saying to him, and I, and I think I wrote it down. Yeah, I did write it down. I said, blind obedience to unfettered power leads to more unfettered, unchecked power. The more you comply, the more difficult it becomes to reign in power. So when I do not comply and I ask why, the power grabber abuser is wondering what my problem is. Since everyone else acquiesced, everyone else relinquished their liberties, whether reluctantly or not. Everyone else did it. Why not you? Why not you? What makes you so special? And I don't consider myself special. I consider each and every last one of us that are law-abiding, moral, sane, sound, prudent human beings, tax law-abiding, tax-paying citizens, special. If I'm not in the commission of a crime and I'm not a criminal and I'm not up to any nefarious behavior, or questionable behavior, get the heck away from me. Don't ask me any questions about what my license is or what this, that, and the third is. Back up off me and go find some criminals. I'm allowed. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm allowed to say it that way, but I'm a sovereign citizen. You don't, you don't get to just ask me for my papers. No. But yet because we're assessing the cop and the cop's ability to see what's going on. Let me explain something to you guys out there, guys. Our law enforcement people go through six months of training. Now I'm going to ask you, do you think that's enough? It takes sometimes six months of training. I have a friend of mine. He went to the police academy. And within two weeks outside of the police academy, they had him in his own patrol car all by himself and asking this man to police the city. Hmm? After about, I don't know, 14, 15 weeks of training, <clears throat> you put this man in a police car by himself, not with a superior officer, over months and months and months really learning what's going on experientially. No, you put him in a police car you send them out on the road. 
You give them the us against them edict. Get home safe no matter what. We'll protect you no matter what. We'll do whatever. And guess what? All by yourself. So you're telling me that it takes about six months to be a cop, but it's going to take me about two years to be a hairdresser. I have a friend of mine. She owns a hair salon. She says she refuses to hire any new hairstylist that hasn't gone through at least 18 plus months of training. Do you hear what I'm saying, people? The reason why I'm saying this to you is a job as important as being a law enforcer. A job as important as being a law enforcer. Do you think that it would demand more training? I would say so. But does it matter the training? If the training is flawed, the law is flawed. The way we live in our society is flawed. How we view certain individuals or, or communities or races or ethnicities is flawed. Then, of course, that officer is flawed inherently. So if the training, if, you, if you're just going to prolong this, the training from six months to a year, is it going to make a difference? Is that going to be a better officer? No, not if the input going in is flawed. If it's garbage in, it's garbage out, ladies and gentlemen. So this idea that I'm just supposed to just acquiesce because it's the law. Supreme Court said slavery was legal. Supreme Court said segregation was legal. This man's state, this, this, this mental midget who's trying to quote to me the law lives in a state that would arrest me for just getting a cup of coffee in a place that said whites only, and that was the law. Law and order is not synonymous with righteousness and justice. I'm aligned with what's right, and I'm aligned with what's just. And oftentimes that's not aligned with what's legal or lawful. Very, very important, ladies and gentlemen. This is about your reliance on compliance, your conformity to the uniforms. You have to be very, very careful. I've said this on many occasions. I have several friends that are in law enforcement and several friends that are former military, but I'm unapologetic when I say that every single dictatorship, every single authoritarian regime uses law enforcement and military to carry out their edicts in this country. The immoral, amoral history that we have that would make us cringe, that we like to whitewash and act as if it never happened, act as if it was a brief moment in time and not foundational to what this country is and foundational and essential to this country's success such as it is. It, it, it existing well into the 21st century right now, the second decade in the 21st century, that these things that occurred were legal. And how do you enforce the law with law enforcers? And they force you to abide by unrighteous, unjust, immoral, amoral rules and edicts. And if you ask why, and dare you say enough, ooh, the why is going to get you, the why can get you killed. The why can get you wrongly detained. And I feel that I was wrongly detained. Because guess what? And if, the, and if an officer who's listening to this scoffs, I, I was studying legal precedent where a security guard was telling a, 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 a woman that they couldn't leave a, a, a particular box store or whatever, right? And um, that lady sued the security guard and the corporation and the box store saying I was wrongfully detained. And she won. How's that for the law? 
She was like, yo, you made me feel as if if I didn't leave, there were going to be consequences and repercussions, even though I didn't do anything wrong. And because of that wrongful detention, you know, I'm going to sue you. And she won. So I feel that I was wrongfully detained. And I'm and, and I'm and many people out there may not agree with me, but I'm telling you right now, the reason why we have these 400 deaths by non by by, by non criminals and non, and nonviolent people who have been murdered by police. The reason why we have this is because the majority of the population in this country are protected by police and not subjected to police. And so they shrug their shoulders. And so when someone like me, my color, my hue, my whatever, is subjected to what he's subjected to, the majority of the population shrugs their shoulders and go, oh, maybe he had it coming. Maybe he did something. You're just supposed to listen. You're just supposed to listen to those in uniform. When I think about that, I think about all the Jews that were on the train in Auschwitz. They were on trains and they were at the behest of people following orders. Hmm? They were subjected to the law, not protected by the law. And that happens all over the world. I don't have to go back to Nazi Germany to speak about all the all the indignations that people in this world suffer at the hands of police. I don't have to leave the contiguous United States of America to explain that to you. I don't have to do that. But I think about that. The Nuremberg trials. When those soldiers that sent man, woman, and child off to their deaths in concentration camps. And they said at these Nuremberg trials, I was just following orders. And how one person with a gun can command hundreds or dozens into a train car to go to their imminent death. And so now I live in America and you want me to give up my guns and leave them in the hands of the mental and moral midget that pulled me over? Are you insane? I may need those guns specifically for mental and moral midgets like him. Who may look to overreach even further than they are. Because that's how empires and civilizations crumble. It's death by a billion overreaches. Eventually, when the people have had enough, it's because law-abiding people have had enough. Not the criminals, not the, not the miscreants, not the moral and mental midgets. When the people who are actually going about their daily lives trying to be upright and being upright are being subjected to certain behaviors by the state apparatus and they lose faith in the state apparatus, then the state apparatus loses legitimacy because these people get to the streets because they're tired of asking why they've now evolved to enough. So you go from why to I will not comply to enough. Ask Rosa Parks, back of the bus, she got arrested. By this same sort of mental moral midget that thinks it's that he thinks he can quote the Supreme Court to me. You're infringing on my rights and liberties, man. And it's that soft power that's being exuded because you have to do it or else I may face what? What did I say when you're a truth speaker? What did I say to you guys? How I can identify an actual truth speaker and truth seeker in our society, in American society? A truth speaker, a true truth speaker in America gets assassinated, incarcerated, marginalized, ostracized, or exiled. That's my five. So when you ask why in your truth seeking or truth speaking, why is truth seeking? 
because I want someone to tell me the truth. What's really going on? Why is this happening? Why are my being why am I being pulled over? Why do I have to show you my license and registration? Why am I being stopped? Why is this event occurring? Why is a moral, sound, prudent, upright, law-abiding, tax-paying citizen, why am I having an exchange initiated by law enforcement right now? I didn't call you. Don't come for me if I didn't send for you. I didn't call 911. There are entirely too many exchanges between armed enforcers of flawed laws and the general public, the innocent public, that 80% failure rate of the stop and frisk in New York City. I was subjected to that. Handing out tickets, cops who needed to get their quotas and their overtime up were bumping into me saying I bumped into them and I'm resisting arrest. And all of a sudden now I have a desk appearance. And now that machine gets to eat. The district attorney's there. The judge is there dismissing the case. I get to spend a night behind bars. The, 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 the jail guards get to get their money. I get to see how the system eats. And the system eats is young. That's why when I speak about this mental moral midget, I can call him a half reptile and a half pig. Now, when I call this person a pig, I'm not using that as a derisive term for law enforcement. I'm thinking of the pig. The pig is an extremely intelligent creature. Pigs are more intelligent than dogs. I mean, studies have shown that pigs are as intelligent as a three-year-old. But somehow, some way, it doesn't have the, the wherewithal to not wallow in its own feces. My grandfather was a pig farmer in the islands. I owned several pigs. I've seen pigs in their, in, their, in their habitats. I've seen pigs do things with mud that the dog wouldn't do. So you're not intelligent enough to know that, mm, maybe I should stay out of my own feces for a while and not eat it. Uh, maybe I should not do that. And a reptile eats its young. A reptile can get hungry enough where it eats its own eggs. So this man who pulled me over is part of a machine that is half reptile and half pig. It eats its young. And although it's intelligent, it doesn't have the wherewithal to not wallow in its own waste and excrement and throw that waste and excrement upon me. So he is half reptile and half pig as well. Do you understand? You conformists, you cowards, you people who equivocate, it's death by a million equivocation, equivocations. That's how our society gets here. That's how we go to the Buffalo shooter and this moral, mentally uh, handicapped state trooper. They're part of the same machine that diminishes people of a certain hue. They feel diminished. They feel small. So how do I make others feel smaller? Huh? Let me traditionally go to the groups that we've been oppressing, repressing, and suppressing. So Buffalo Shooter decides he's going to, you know, go in there and kill himself some coloreds. And then the officer and the trooper and the, investiga the, 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 the person who lacks investigative prowess is like, let me just pull over as many Negroes as possible and, and have them feel as if they're not full citizens. Let me diminish their citizenry just a bit. 
And each one of us out there that witnesses these indignancies and don't say anything, guess what? Our innocence is lost. That's what occurs. Our innocence is lost, ladies and gentlemen. And this is a problem. This is a problem. So when I say the Buffalo shooter and the state trooper are part of the same machine, they oftentimes are one in the same. You have a whole lot of Buffalo shooters that are on police forces all over the country. Men who are just sane enough to pass the psyche valve to become an officer. It's only six months training. You know, I know people who've had personal training, who've, who've, who've tested and trained to be personal trainers, and, the, and it took longer than that. <clears throat> but that's what the system wants. They're not there to protect and serve. Because if I steal $600, I got to go to jail. I steal $600 million. The average cop can't arrest me. Right or wrong. Because the system is not here to protect and serve free-thinking, autonomous, sovereign human beings such as myself. They're there to protect their system. Unjust laws. It's organized crime to a certain degree. It's the reason why organized crime was able to become so successful in America. And they were able to buy cops, lawyers, and judges and businesses because it's, it works in parallel and oftentimes they work in tandem. So it's all organized criminal activity. I know, I know. I, I, I'm, I'm trying my best to, uh, to uh, uh, get through this. And I know some of the things I'm saying, because I have, while I'm saying some of these things, I have friends' voices in my head that I know right now are going, oh man, June is going in. Yeah, but, but, but this is what it is. When a government kills with impunity, we call it war. When a soldier kills with impunity, they call it duty. When a police officer kills with impunity, we call it law and order. When I ask why, I'm looked at as the defiant, non-compliant Negro who needs to be put back in his place. These are the dynamics, people. And we've all agreed upon them, or they would have changed. I've said it before. We, you know, we, I hear people complaining about wages. I hear people complaining about conditions at certain jobs. If everybody were to have a mass call out sick day, if 200 million Americans called out sick and then the next day there was a manifesto that said, you're not, we're not part of an organized union, we're part of organized humane treatment. And we're saying that if we are not treated justly as employees, as laborers, that we are going to call out for an indefinite amount of time. You, th you don't think the system would change? You don't think overnight that the system would go up, oh, the corporations and Congress and everyone would have to convene and go, oh, what are we going to do? We can't hire essential workers in, 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 in all these industries decided somehow, some way that they were going to organize. And 200 million people said, we ain't going to work on Monday. And then the next day they send a letter out saying, yeah, that was real. What happened? Uh, that was organized. The same way you organized how to suppress our wage and made a federal minimum wage that ain't worth anything. The same way that you have your cabal that controls gas prices and imports and exports. We decided to organize on that scale. 
So now you're going to have to deal with us as that entity. Uh-oh, things change. But we don't do that. We don't do that. So we allow a heroic few to be sacrificed. And it happens every century, every millennia, since the dawn of time. Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, when you've resolved to be great, you must abide by yourself because the heroic cannot be common nor the common heroic. So it's a solitary life when you're aligned with righteousness and justice. You end up assassinated, incarcerated, marginalized, ostracized, or exiled if you decide to go down that road and stay on that road without compromise. You are going to come up against unjust institutions systemically. Like I said, you're going to find out how free your society is when you decide to ask why. So when I said that to that man, you know, when, when Chappelle said he doesn't like how the system eats, I understood. I understood. Un I understood. I understood completely because I see how the system eats its young and eats its old. I see it all the time. It's a mediocre system. Garbage in, garbage out. You have people following orders. We are at the mercy of people following orders in mediocre systems that recruit mediocre people that carry out mediocre tasks and the good turn cynical and the bad become treacherous. So you get the good to become cynical and you get the bad to become treacherous. Those are my terms. These are words. This is me. The stuff that I'm saying, now, I'm just reading through the, my texts because and I could point chapter and verse historically, whether it's here or abroad, how these are true dictums. These are, it's almost immutable. It's almost as immutable as a one plus one. This is what happens. Mediocre systems recruiting mediocre people to carry out mediocre chores and tasks. And then the good turn cynical and the bad become treacherous. So all those grins and smiles and officers telling me that, yeah, you know, we ask you to get out the car. Maybe you need to stretch your legs. Do I look? I was born in the past, but several decades in the past, not yesterday. That's pure drivel and nonsense, pure nonsense. I've heard that from officers. That's the banter they try to tell you to placate you. The banter they try to do to subdue. The banter they try to do to sedate the free thinker in you. To have you believe that you actually have a choice in this matter. I'm looking out for you. Wrong answer. You're not. You're not. So when I say the Buffalo shooter and this particular state trooper are along the same lines. Why? Because the why. The why led to a man turning beet red. The why. And only moral midgets, mental midgets, dictators, and authoritarians are threatened by the word why, by the question why, asked inquisitively, not defiantly, inquisitively. Now, all of a sudden, it's a problem because you feel it's because I said so. Because you realize and the state realizes that it needs to beat down the free thinking apparatus inside the human beings. We need them to conform to uniforms. We do not need them thinking that they can just say, no, 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 we don't like the way this is going. We want things to change. And we kind of want them to change right now. No, 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 we don't want that. 
No, no, no. We want them to comply. We want compliant, pliant, pliable human beings, bendable. We don't want them to stand upright when they're around us. We want them to be stand upright and, and obey the law. But around us, we don't want them to ask questions. We don't want them to feel entitled to protections. And especially people who look like me, we get treated totally different with law enforcement. They treat us totally different and they know it. And they know it. So when they give you lip service as if, well, I haven't walked in your shoes, you don't have to walk in my shoes to see how I'm being treated. You can see it. Look at the data. Look at the data. And look at the opinions and look at the mandates and look at how you speak about people of other races and other ethnicities. Stop acting innocent. They're not innocent. And I will say to you guys again, you think that I'm going to give up my guns. Because these same men that are following orders, if there's a Joseph R. Biden mandate or dictate to kick in my door and to take away my guns, those same people that are speaking polite to me over the phone, They'll be the ones knocking down my door. It's not going to be Nancy Pelosi. It's not going to be Kamala Harris. It's not going to be Joseph R. Biden or, Andre, or what, um, AOC or Chuck Schumer. It's going to be this guy. Officer half pig, half reptile, half moral midget, half mental midget. It's going to be this guy. He's going to kick in my door and be like, where are your guns? I'm like, no, those guns are registered to me. I have registered firearms. I have not committed any crime that would forfeit my right to bear arms. Oh, well, sir, you know, the, con the Constitution, the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court. The Supreme Court. There we go again. There we go again with the Supreme Court. So this whole submissive line, just do as they say. Why did I do? I'm upset that I did what I did. My, my lady was begging me to just comply. And as many times in my life that I have not complied, I've said it over and over again. My job as a man is to die on my feet, not on my knees. That's my job as a man. I've never worn a uniform. Um, because I don't believe in strict hierarchies. You can't tell me to do something or else. So the people that are in uniform are constantly, be t constantly told to follow orders or else. They're not allowed to truly think autonomously. I didn't enter into uniform because of that. I own my business. And I own businesses because being an employee and being told what to do by, by others that had my destiny in their hands... I didn't comply. I, I didn't. Something. I just wanted to ask why, and the why became so 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 laborious a task to be answered by so many individuals that I worked for that it drove me to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to be a company man and just do the best job I could, but I didn't want to be a company man to the extent that I don't. Ha I can't think for myself. I have a, a decent sized brain, but these people that are in uniform think that I'm in uniform, and I'm not. You chose to wear that uniform. I didn't. I wear what I want to wear every single day of the week. No one, no one tells me what to wear. I choose my uniform. My uniform is, made, is manifested from my thought process. And from that, I say, you can't just bark orders at me when you're a civil servant and your job is supposed to work for me. You have to have a conversation. That's what the why is. The why is extending the conversation. 
but you're saying the conversation is over. Do this or else. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. We're going to speak more about this in the next episode. I'm going to do another episode in a moment. I've noticed that this one has ran pretty long. So we're going to talk about this later until we speak again, people. Don't forget, think for yourself.